Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, how the D.C. region is downright misunderstood by job seekers and employers alike. I think companies today that come here think that there's only politics going on here. They don't understand how the region is a greenfield for them. As discussion turns more and more to how cybersecurity is no longer an industry, but actually a, a must-to-have in a large part of the technology world, we talk about that with Mary Beth Borving. She's co-chair of United Women in Cyber and founder of Standish Cyber Association, person who works both here and in Boston, bringing those two regions together to grow cyber companies. Mary Beth, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a really great opportunity to talk about how two distinctly geographically separate regions really have a lot more in common. You're striding both communities. First of all, why are you finding that companies that are based in other parts of the country really need to be in the D.C. region now? If I look back at my 30-plus years in technology and the last 20 years in security, now we call it cybersecurity, and I think that's migrating to be you know, inclusive of critical infrastructure and unmanned vehicles and, you know, anything that has has a security component to it that we touch every day, which is anything basically now that's technology driven. I think that this region is so ripe to help grow up really well run private companies because of the talent that we have here that's so unique plus the, uh, the ability to be close to the federal government and to actually be very close to uh, New York, at where a lot of private companies are headquartered. Um, and I think this is kind of like, you know, we're, we can be dubbed, some people dub us Silicon Valley East, but I think it, we're, we're evolving beyond that. We're creating a convergence here with all of the talents that we have, and it's just starting to bubble up. Now, what I find interesting is, when I speak with people who are new to the region, they tell me that even though they hear about all these great resources, they sometimes find it's really hard to figure out where they are. Is that your experience? I think companies today that come here think that there's only politics going on here. They don't understand how the region is a greenfield for them. So they need, they need leadership and they need programs that speak to them in the private sector and see the value at working with the 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 uh, federal government and the and the and the um, the public sector. It's funny because I took a company from Santa Barbara, California, that Amazon actually a friend of mine at Amazon introduced me to, and he said they need your help, Mary Beth. And my my background is I've helped a lot of companies get funding, get their start, what we call their product market fit and their investment. And I know most of the investors in the venture capital world and private equity, and they were they were in need of guidance. To get to have to get to their client base here in DC, but also to get to investment. But you know, one cannot happen without the other. In order to get clients and you and users of your products, you need to have money to build the product. But even you get to a certain point, the two have to come together on that road to creating a company. So when they came here, I took them to about fifteen meetings, um, and it happened. And this is you know. It's kind of the way startups get cooked or you get started is that you need a village, right? So you need mentors. You need really good advisors around you. So what, what I did was I, call, I made a few emails and phone calls on Saturday, and that next week they had 15 meetings. And they said, we were so surprised to see the depth and the breadth of the people here that could help us. We just thought 
that there wasn't a rapid way to um, get information about what the government agencies need for cybersecurity and critical infrastructure. And we were able to rapid time that with some of the groups that work within Crystal City um, and some of the um, early stage investors that are really, really, really want to be part of this ecosystem here. And so I think that we need more vehicles to get these startups and not just startups, but really good ideas and innovation to be think tanked here and not not in the, um, you know, the sort of the, the big think tanks that are here, but mm -hmm. in in like, a, you know, in like the WeWorks of the world, right? To be able to have those kind of innovation offices in different places around the D.C. region, I think would be incredibly valuable to, um, you know, new technology. Now, just about every agency that, that I speak with will tell me, oh, we already have innovation outreach. <laughs> and often the outreach is an office in Silicon Valley or Austin or some other place. Why is it that they don't focus their innovation outreach efforts here in D.C.? That question is something that you get a different answer to when you ask it to different people. From my experience about you know being on the East Coast in New York, growing up companies in New York and growing them up in Boston and not having to go to Silicon Valley always to get the money, there is a big, great divide between, you know, they say if you, get a, if you grow up a company in Silicon Valley, you're not going to have to prove so much the value of of what you're building if you have a reputation, right? So they have, there's a very strong, you know, sort of bonding network there. And so um, we need to do that here. I and mean, we haven't done that here, I think, because everybody was going to there. But now I think there's a shift happening because there are more investors that want to come here if there were more companies that would be headquartered here. So with the convergence of critical infrastructure, and um, drones and unmanned vehicles and cyber, you know, being in all, being in all those things, but also being very, you know, highlighted now by, with, you know, the regulation that's starting to happen in Europe and here with the federal government trying to decide how do they regulate, you know, cyber. I think that there's going to be more and more companies here, um, and I don't, I don't really think that that they were ready before. I think it's the right time now. So. Give me an example of a company that's doing something that was rather unexpected in your end that unexpectedly probably creates cybersecurity issues. You mentioned uh, before you came on the air a company up in Boston that's doing some really interesting things around drones, for example. Yeah, so there is a company that they're actually headquartered in Washington State, but they're in Boston at the um, Air Force Techstars incubator, um, and they're at MIT. And they, they went there because... They wanted to get some of the MIT talent. And what they have is they have a drone that can morph in real time. So it can logistically help the government, but also help private industry, anybody that has an indoor you know, um, manufacturing facility, or in, in, sh in a short time, in probably two years, the regulation is going to change significantly that drones will be doing a lot more for logistics and for other um, security with cameras, and uh, they already are doing some of that in, in, closed, in closed vehicles where they don't need, where the FAA doesn't have to regulate them. There's a lot of drones being used for that. So drones are being used, but now they're going to be used for a lot more things. So that company actually came here to talk to some early stage investors, and we are still talking to early stage investors here because there's a lot of talent here in the D.C. area that has been working with drones on the federal government side for a long time. Mm. And so they're able to work, they're able to actually build critical infrastructure inside their drones. And they're also able, because they can morph their payload in real time, 
they don't have a problem if they're if they're carrying something or if if they're having to land on a moving vehicle or whatever, they're able to uh, morph their payload so that they can do that landing. A lot of drones today can't do that. I really appreciate you taking the time, Mary Beth. Thanks, John. That uh, was Mary Beth Vorving, co-chair of United Women in Cyber and founder of Standard Cyber Corporation. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. And a thank you to our sponsor, Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. Their business development team can help you find the best talent, an ideal location, and the latest in market and business intelligence so you can do business successfully in the greater Washington region and Montgomery County. Your business success starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. Support for this podcast comes from University of Maryland's Smith School of Business where students learn to harness data to meet tomorrow's challenges. More information about the Smith School MBA program is available at rhsmith.umd.edu. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two DC region bands, Two Car Living Room and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show Tweet us at at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.